Welcome to Sketch Magazine Podcast, hosted by Bill Nichols, Senior Editor of Sketch Magazine, John Wilson, Editor of Sketch Daily over at ComicRelated.com, and myself, Robert W. Hickey, Publisher of Sketch Magazine and Co-Founder of Blue Line. Come back after the music and find out what we have to offer in this episode. Hey, what's up, creators? This is your old buddy, John, and you have once again located the Sketch Podcast. I am here, as always, with Sketch Magazine publisher Bob Hickey and Sketch Magazine editor Bill Nichols. And tonight, we are going to talk about how to take your project, your comic, your idea, and take it to the next level. Or actually, not even the next (laughs) level, but maybe a level to the side, maybe a lateral level. But we'll define that as we go along. First off, how you doing, guys? Doing great, John. This is Bill. Hey, John. Doing good, buddy. This is Bob. All right. So the uh, well, I guess we need to define the level first because we definitely don't want to call comics the bottom level. So, um, which which direction shall we take this conversation? Um. Well, the reason we're doing this is because our pre-conversation of the podcast, we got into a discussion about it. So I myself, and, and it's just a common knowledge, as, as Bill pointed out, you know, you should take comics and you move it up to the next level. And my my perception is it is it's all on, on a flat bar. And probably to the left is, is just writing, whether it's novels or short stories or whatever, then comics. And then you move into, say, animation or uh, motion comics, and then you move into webisodes and movies. It's not exactly the same one is above the other, because each one offers a possible different readership, a different uh, fan. I guess you don't have readership in movies, but you have fans, people who enjoy the webisodes or the or the movie. So each one offers something a little different. Um, so... I truly wouldn't put one over the other. I would say everything's on an even bar, and it's what what we ourselves enjoy producing is the comics on that point. But it doesn't mean we wouldn't want to be involved in something else with a certain property or something. I think that's definitely true now, considering how many comic properties are finding their way onto movie and TV, uh, that if comics were ever considered to be a lower grade of entertainment i mean that's always a stereotype is falling back on that whole children's entertainment thing or comics are for kids or however you want to phrase it right. but i definitely think now that comics have if not proven themselves that there's a lot more to them they have at least gotten the attention of uh some pretty big names well that's true i mean we've talked before about you know the, the idea that that uh, there are people out there that that have said comics are dead or comics are a dead end, uh, sort of naysayers. I don't think so. I, I've talked before about you know Bob McCloud and Mark McKenna doing children's books, and there are other people who are doing side projects, and they're doing those projects uh, in in a lot of ways because of their comics work, or it has put them in a position where they can do other things, or to branch off their comics work. Um, 
one of the things that we were talking about earlier was Walking Dead, which started out as a comic book. Right. And I mean, look at it. It's one of the yeah, I, I love it, you know, and uh, I mean, there are other things out there. I mean, the, the most obvious ones, of course, are the superhero ones, but there are other titles and other movies and TV series that have been based on comics that people may not have realized were even people who are watching the, the shows may have been, um, you know, entranced with the show and then startled to find out that it was a comic book, you know, originally. But comics are out there. Comics are a source of inspiration. And uh, in some cases, it's sort of a companion to those things sometimes. And uh, or a continuation, say, a series gets canceled like Buffy mm-hmm. or, or Angel. It, you know, it's being continued in comic book form. And uh, I think it sort of goes hand in hand. So earlier I was wrong to say the next level. <laughs> okay. Forgive right. me. So it, it's just, it's there. I mean, it's all, you know, painted on the same canvas. It's just, you know, it's uh, really, it's what, what part you want to look at right now. And so. But let's touch back on something you said. A lot of people may not realize some series starts out of comics. Anybody remember Sable? Mm-hmm. Mike Carell Sable? Well, when it hit TV, funny thing happened was that um, I had an aunt and uncle come up from down in Kentucky, stay the weekend with my mom, and they were all talking about this new show they were watching. Oh, yeah, this new show. I was like, what is it? They're like, Sable. It's great. They love it. And this is an older couple. And I'm like, really? Yeah. I got something for you to read. I pulled out my Sable trades, you know. They're like, wow. They had no clue at all that there was any connection between a comic and that show. And there's been many movies out there that has had comics, launched as comics or indie comics and made, you know, different type of budgets, movies and stuff. But, I mean, that's like, that is a huge movement if you, if you, create a property and you decide you want to do a visual medium and we all that were involved in this podcast and we're all here we we enjoy comics we enjoy creating them writing them reading them sharing them uh we just spent a weekend going through um much original artwork and stuff um that's not to say that you can't also take that property and re-envision it in another medium. And I think a medium that's coming to terms and it's really getting its legs is webisodes. Um, we see a lot of, uh, well, this there's a new one that I just found, uh, just found, but I've been passing around. It's called Reese, I think, The Fallen Kingdom or something like that for sci-fi. That started out as a group of people with an idea. They packaged it created some webisodes, put them online, got a following, Sci-Fi comes in and picks it up. Now, Sci-Fi is keeping it as a webisode right now online just to see how many hits it's getting, what kind of watchers they can build up before they move it into a TV series. But it's a great way, I think, to, to reimagine your property and take, take it to a new set of fans. And, you know, that's what we're after. You know, readers, fans, it's all the same. If we can get those fans involved and, of course, buying our merchandise and involved in our characters, then, you know, that's even more. But there's a lot more people who watch this stuff than read comics. Especially if it's something you can kick out there for free. You know, we don't have to buy TV time to launch a webisode. Thank goodness for YouTube, you know? 
I mean, it's something that we're talking about with our latest project with Camelot Forever. You know, we come up with the idea of driving to Columbus of what if we were to create webisodes? Well, we got to discuss them with the sci-fi series. And then I'm like, well, you know, Camelot Forever would be really cool to reimagine into something like that. And what the series is about, you know, the possibilities of costumes and designing and everything is very not easily done because I don't, I don't right. take any of that for granted. It's a lot of work, but it's possible without a huge budget. And so we got to talk about it up in Columbus. And the funny thing is we ran into a guy who runs Renaissance festivals. Come to find out he's a, he's a fan of Blue Line for three states. And he knows tons of people who already has the costumes who would die, love to be in this. So... Okay, now we just found a big part of something that we didn't have, you know. And then I come to find out two friends that I knew have been doing small budget movies, or not small budget, but doing homemade movies and putting them online and stuff. And I'm like, wow, this is starting to be cool, you know. I'm not saying we have professionals in place, but it's amazing how some stuff sort of falls together. And it got me thinking about how you could take a property that you have and then try to build another audience. So I'm um, I guess the biggest thing is, is trying to put all the pieces together and, and the internet's a wonderful thing because you can get in contact with a lot of people. Yeah, it very much call. makes me think of the guild. Mm-hmm. You know, that thing with Felicia Day that uh, has, you know, started out as webisodes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they started putting a comic out. Well, didn't she, and she's so still that. doing webisodes, but it's tied into Xbox somehow? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty I sure really they're still so, doing yeah. them. Yeah, it's an ongoing thing. It hasn't stopped, and it's extremely popular. Yes, it is. And, um, well, for another thing, Dr. Horrible. Yeah, that was... You know, that started out, obviously, as uh, as a big internet sensation, and then I just happened to be in a bookstore the other day and saw the trade paperback. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, that's something that actually started out as a webisode. Right. Backtracked into... A trade at Dark Horse, and they had memorabilia made. I've seen statues and stuff like that of the characters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's so. tons of stuff out there for it. So it's really it's really a good avenue uh, if you have the technical know-how to uh, to take your project in a different direction. Um, I, I guess what we come back to is that it depends on what you want to do as a creator. You know, myself, I like to open up what we create as, to as many possible people. So, for granted, I, I think it's a lot easier right now, as I said, to create a webisode of something. You put it online, you package it with your website, you package it with your comic. These webisodes aren't movies. They're not. They're not. Uh, they're not TV series. They're not. They're not. You know, at the most, I think uh, the sci-fi Reese. Riaz or whatever it's called. Um, it's like nine minutes. But yet, they'll cut five or six different scenes in that nine minutes, you know? So they are moving the story along. So, you know, you still, you got to have somebody who's really good about storyboarding because you got to approach something like that as if it is a movie. Um, we were discussing trying to put uh, and putting together six webisodes at nine minutes. That'd be 54 minutes. That's almost an hour. When right. we're done, we could package it on DVD or as a digital download, almost as a movie. You know, that's the way we approached it. Was that 
this would be cool. So our next thing is going to be, of course, taking our drawings that we're doing for the comic, and then what do we have to modify to make them real? And then you got casting. So there's a lot of lot of things that's involved in doing something like that. Of course, doing this, you want to call in all your buddies, <laughs> mm-hmm. anybody who's free, you know. Um, keep your costs down. But we've even talked about the possibility of hitting something like Kickstart, where you'd submit your video and project and see if you can get people to invest in it. And you know that's something we need to look more into Kickstart and really you know investigate it. And it's something we could bring to the podcast down the road. But it is a way to uh, possibly get the funds to do something like this. And I think what this does, if you were to do like a webisode, what this does, it also, just like the uh, sci-fi thing found, found the, the Reese online, it opens up for somebody else to come in and says, hey, that'd make a good movie. Or hey, that'd make a good Saturday morning cartoon. You know? Yeah, because you never know whether you're going to inspire other people to do uh, either their own or see your uh, project and then think you know what that would be really cool to do this i'm going to write those guys well, or you know whoever so well, you you um with clay's way you never know who's looking at what you're posting you know two days a week we post clay's way we all pr a little bit it's it's expanding well out of the blue i got that piece of fan art from a gentleman that's tied in with cartoon network you never know who's going to see it. You never know who, whose eyes that might end up on, you know? So that's pretty cool. And you also have to figure that, uh, you know, there's people out there. There are connections to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, like when you're doing your comic, maybe you have no interest in trying to learn the aspects of animation, uh, in whatever form you want to take it, computer, stop motion, whatever. But there could very well be someone who is an expert at that kind of animation and just doesn't have a project. Right, right. So, you know, looking around, getting the interest out there is really the most important thing that a creator could do to get, you know, to get themselves to that next level over to you know find a way to do it because nothing happens in a vacuum nope especially with the internet there is no vacuum anymore ever you know you can get in touch with any number of people with any number of specialties very easily now just by putting the word out there just use so, your social medias exactly yeah just yeah. use use facebook, facebook. uh Join blogs, mm-hmm. you know, join communities like uh, like the one on comic related. You know, there are tons of places where you can find people that, you know, want nothing more than to have stuff to do. And right. they might look at your project and go, oh, my God, I know exactly what I can do with that. Right. Yeah, I agree. And I'm sure, uh, you know, have you guys seen any of the motion comics out there yet? Yeah, where uh, right. Neil Adams is studio is basically taking comics and cut them apart and made movement and stuff like that. 
I saw a piece of uh, I think the Jonah Hex. I think it was a, a uh, promo on one of the the disc. Mm. Uh, if that's what you're talking about. No, that's actually the animation from Warner Brothers. Uh, These are the comic panels cut apart. And so this still looks like the artist, uh, John Cassidy, on the X-Men series. They did a, a, a book on it. They did a stop motion on it. Um, and what happens is the animators goes in and draws all the in-between scenes to keep the movement going. To me, it, it's really stiff looking. Um, but I was sort of amazed at how some of the younger kids sort of like it. And I don't know because they're used to the stiffness of Cartoon Network and stuff, you know? Yeah. A lot of that stuff to me is real stiff. Um, so I have a feeling they're going to reach an audience. I don't know how big it's going to be because they're packaging them like in $30 books, like hardcovers and stuff like that. You know, they, they like package the story along with the disc. And, yeah, so I don't know how well the whole packaging deal is going to be. But I think you can download them off Apple, too, for a certain price. But yeah. I, I didn't like them, but it's another way of taking – that's even taking your artwork and turning it into something. And I don't know if they're using Nanimator or if they're using Flash or what program. So, yeah, there's all kinds of ways to hook up with other people to, to extend your property and and – create something new with it and, and there again our goal is to build readership and to share what we're creating and the best way to do that is is to go as many platforms as possible i mean would harry potter be as popular if it was just in novels if she didn't do the movies you know or she didn't do the movies but she allowed them to do the movies no um so th i tell you what let's talk about what's on the stages what possibly do you have to do to maybe create a webisode? I think because a lot of people look at our podcast as getting information, you know, information on how to create or change or modify or add to or just typical information from us. So, yeah. yeah. I would say if you're looking to do a webisode, um, so a lot of you need to look at it as if you're doing a real movie. Um, there's many scripts out there for movies and stuff you can get your hands on so you can sort of see how a script is written. Um, there's a software out there. Um, screenwriter. Screenwriter by Wright, Wright Brothers. Wright Brothers. That's right. Who is, who is an advertiser in Sketch Magazine. So give them a little plug there. Um, once you learn the software, it, it simplifies the concept of writing scripts. Um so, you know, I think you start off with a script. Don't you guys agree? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you, you've got the idea, and that's the, and then you've got to start fleshing it out. And, the, you know, the script is um, definitely, it has to be, you know, puts things in order, mm -hmm. puts things in place for you to, it gives you a foundation to work from. And then from right. there, you can flesh it out even more. Yeah, well, there you want to move to your storyboards. For anybody who's never been involved in animation or movies. Because what storyboards do is shows you what you can truly do. And you start imagining as far as you can start playing around with camera angles and cut scenes. And, you know, at, at this point, it, it's fun. But then you find yourself going back to the script and, you know, you're going to do redrafts. 
you know, rewrite drafts of that script because you know, stuff that you come up with, especially coming from comics, where you can create anything you want because it's just got to be drawn. When you start making movies, webisodes, you look at it and you go, oh, wait a minute. We can't do that. You know, we don't have a budget for a helicopter flying overhead to do a city scene. Um, unless you can get online and find a city scene that's already been filmed that you can use that's public domain, you may run into trouble. So, um, but there's a lot, a lot of, so what you do is you sit there with your storyboards then, you break it down, and you start looking at time cuts. And because you want to get an idea of where this is going to end up. You don't want to, you don't want to do an hour with a movie for a nine-minute webisode. Now, correct? Yeah, this is not the time to wing it. No. You really need to plan everything out. Every step. Almost almost down to the second, because not only, you know, do you have to know where and what you're trying to accomplish with this movie, but you have to know exactly where every piece is going to fit together. You yes. can't have... You know, you can't have one of your actors just milling around while the other one is acting, you know, while the other one is in their scene. Everybody needs to know what's happening and know what's going on, what's coming next, what's mm -hmm. come, you know, how it all fits together. I mean, that's that's the reason why it's... Well, once you design your storyboards, then you design how you're going to shoot stuff. You don't... right. You don't shoot stuff in order from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie. Right, yeah. You, I was you just about do to say by that. scenes, by whatever scenes work. Say, well, what came off forever, you're going to do a flashback scene where everybody's in armor and whatever. And you can't get those people all together because it's a big battle scene through the weekend because that's when everybody's off work or whatever. And you can get them together to film it. And you want to do it at dust. So you don't want to wait to shoot that. You want to go, okay, well, we can do this today scene in the corporate offices, you know, with this going on, you know? We can go ahead and shoot that because we only need a couple of the actors in this scene. So planning your shots out is very important. Also, something you want to see and do, and some of the movies do this, is say, what we're talking about is doing six episodes. We're going to basically shoot these six episodes all at the same time. You know, if there's flashbacks in each episode, we want to know what we need to shoot for each of those flashback scenes. Go ahead and get everybody why they're in costume, why it's going on, and shoot it as much as possible. So that way, you're not coming back each time, six times over, and redoing. All right, guys, can we all get together this weekend and shoot a two-minute film, you know what I mean? Because that's about how much a scene would probably be, about a minute to two minutes on, on on a webisode. So, maybe three. No, not even three. Probably two. Um, so, you want to shoot all that one time. If you got a meeting of four or five characters that you're going to do different, you know, different scenes of, but it's different conversations, you go ahead and shoot them while they're all together. Whether you change or dress in between each, because so, you want it to look like different days, or what? You want to shoot it as much as all together as possible. So it really thinks about, you got to sort of think as if you're shooting a whole budget movie, 
Well, you shoot, shooting separate scenes. So you really want to script and you want to break down as many episodes as you think you're going to do. It's going to be one, and this is a promo thing, and it's really cool, like a Grayson. Rock and roll. That's cool. I want to see it. If you want to do three, be thinking about what all three is, what's in all three. Remember, you need to break up your scenes to keep the things going, get people interested in, introducing the characters. Is it going to be six, like what we're talking about, which everybody says we're crazy for biting off? But I don't think it's going to be as hard to do six as it is going to do one. Because once you get all the pieces together, all the people in place, then you know it's not as hard to shoot two minutes of this and then two minutes for this scene and then two minutes for this one and two minutes for this one. Next thing I know, I've got this situation playing in four different episodes. You know what I mean? Right. Um, one thing I was thinking while you were talking is some places have uh, film schools or film classes. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the colleges and stuff and uh you may be able to find some people there that really need some maybe an extra credit for or a, an independent study project something like that mm-hmm. or something to add to their resume uh you right. know, work, their body of work so well, i think that there you get somebody who studies film and stuff so there you're going to get their knowledge of angles scenes editing putting it together you know nowadays Needless to say, most of it's all digital. You know, you shoot on a digital camera, you bring it on the computer, you, you edit it digitally. Um, you're going to need somebody who can probably work After Effects, Adobe After Effects, because that way you can help blend some things together, just depending on what type of story you are. If you have a horror story, you know, you need different effects. If you have a corporate story about a corporate life or whatever, um, then you know may not need any special effects. It just needs settings and stuff. So um, lots to think about lighting. I mean, it's all stuff, and you need to bring people in. You can't do it all yourself. I would dr- would not dream to do this all myself. I don't know anything about lighting. I mean, I understand lighting as far as coloring, but as far as how it would transfer over to film, or not really film, but on a camera, no, no clue. So definitely need to hook up with the right people and look at their work and see if they can bring to you what, what you're looking for. You know, you don't want to get somebody who's, especially these horror movies, to do a uh, slice of life type thing, you know? Might get, might get a weird mix. Yep. Yeah. That's the wrong kind of slice <laughs> yeah. there. <laughs> so, and, uh, and you also have to really remember to... Uh, that this is not something that's going to happen right away. No. You know, you have to budget your time. And if uh, it's an effects movie, you might as well add at least two to that budget. Yep. You know, this is not something, you know, you may have the creating of a comic down to a science now, and you can knock out one in a few days or a week or whatever. Um that's not going to happen with film. No. It just doesn't work like that. You know, uh, that's, the, that's the reason why at the end of movies, there are so many names because it takes all those people to knock a movie out. So even you doing your little nine minute webisode, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. Oh yeah. It's the nicest way to put it. No, I agree. 
And, you know, you may never nail it on the first draft. You might have to reshoot and redo and get the right yeah. feel. You know, only be satisfied when you're happy with it. This is your, your baby. It's your property. Um, make sure it's something that you would want to release it. You know, look at what other people have done. Um, I have no doubt that we're going to see some really bad webisodes. And I'm sure we there is out there on YouTube. I don't get on it a tremendous amount of what people are doing as far as home movies and, re, re, you know, properties and stuff like that. Um, you know, I've recently seen something, I think they're working on a Dark Child movie. I've yeah. seen some releases from it. So, you know, and that's sort of cool. Shoot, I'd forgotten about that character. Um, so it is way to draw interest into your property, into your project. And there again, draw in new listeners, new readers new fans yeah and you could also do that with we mentioned earlier in the pre podcast the pre thing uh, <laughs> do, you know writing novels and stuff too uh, yeah. or writing stories about your characters or your, you know sort of in the, again it's a side project uh, there that really can be you for the most part mm-hmm. um, and you can flesh out your ideas and also that adding that detail or that uh, backstory or whatever, you can add more to that, uh, you know, when you are getting ready to do a, a webisode or uh, do some other kind of project, um, you know, that can add to it and people's understanding of your story, what your, you know, your project is, you know, your title or whatever is about. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm a big fan of, Sometimes when I'm when I'm writing, sometimes I will write prose pieces first, sort of give me a handle on certain things. Like I did a web uh, a Hell Girl short story once upon a time, and mm-hmm. uh, you know different other characters or different other projects. You know sometimes if you especially if you get in a rut, sometimes you're not sure where something's going to go. Writing it down in prose, writing a story out of it, can really just open up the doors to other things because then you start to get into the mindset of the characters and you're not just worrying about um, how a story is going to go in comic book form, but you're starting to think about them as characters. Right. Um, and that also is, you know, if you're going to do it for a movie or whatever, you want that character be, to be true in any other format that you put them whether it's on film. And sometimes I, when I write too, I think about things as a movie. Uh, some comic things I can think of as an animation. Kind of depends really on the project, the kind of feel. you know, And it influences your writing a little bit. Um, and maybe your choices uh, you know, of a collaborator if you're doing a comic or if you're doing a webisode. Uh, like we said before, uh, having someone who has a feel, the same kind of feel that you're going for, mm-hmm. um, not a horror person maybe, uh, for a romance story, <laughs> whatever, or, <laughs> you know, really, I mean, you have to keep all those things in balance too. Don't, you know, you're not going to take the first person that comes along or, or whatever, but talk, talk to people. I mean, do some research. I mean, you know, you're invested in this, this idea uh, help, help, you know, helps uh, to have other people who are also invested in it, who are not just 
um, want to maybe slap their own label. Like if it is a horror person, I'm not down on horror. Person. I love horror movies, but if it's someone who has a different uh, view, a radically different view from yours, then you know that may not jibe, and it may not come across the way you want it, and it may not bring out what you want in the first place with your own uh, creation. You know, right? You know, because I've seen that happen with other people taking a, uh, an idea or a comic and just totally or character and you know they want to put their stamp on it right. so what they do is you know they change things and they maybe add their own backstory where there wasn't a backstory and it's totally radical so it, it helps to have a you know cl- the whole thing about collaboration is working together and okay um so really what it comes down to, something else that we discussed heavily this past weekend, is having a solid Bible, even before you start a project like this. Right. Have a Bible of your character, your properties, everything you can, so that when you bring in somebody to help you produce either a novel or a film or even a comic, you have something to say, okay, this is what I've got written so far. Read this, get a feel for the characters, and you know, see if it's something we can work together on. Um, and then we're all ourselves going through these properties ourselves, and we need to compile a Bible. You know, we've probably got well over a hundred characters in the Skystorm universe or more. Um, many different settings, many different scenes, many different, you know, stuff, and we need to have it in one place that we can hand over to somebody or use ourselves you know um instead of me making it up on the fly you know um it needs it, you need to have a place where everything's written down and it sounds so simple but it's it's amazing how quickly something like that can get away from you you know you're creating you get into the jive of making comics and and next thing you know <laughs> next thing you know it's 20 years later man and you got tons and tons and tons of stuff. So, um, yeah, I think it's important to, you know, and Bibles is something, John, that we need to talk about mm-hmm. in the future. I know we're just now starting to combine ours and start right. work on it. So I'm sure we'll come up with many ideas on how to do it correctly and what to include and, and everything. But um, And it's, uh-huh. it's important. You hear it a lot in, uh, in TV, in episodic TV. Um, you know, an actor will say, well, my character wouldn't do that or my character wouldn't say that, uh, you know, and uh, I think that that's something that you really need to think about. You can't take, you know, you can't take a Captain America and necessarily have him burning a flag. Right. Unless there's a really good story reason behind that, right. because it's against his character so when you when you go to shift that thing to the other medium that's where the bible's really going to be important because you'll be able to go okay i can do this with this character but i can't do that because it just wouldn't fit with the with the character itself and it will help you to keep from alienating your audience because if you have an audience, it's because they fell in love with the character the way it was in the first medium. 
Right. I mean, there's been several movies uh, of late that have taken characters that were very popular, say, in comics, and when they took them over to film, the films just tanked because they went radically too far one way or the other. Right. Uh, you know, away from away from the core idea of the story. And then sometimes it adds to it too, though. Well, sometimes uh, the possibility. Yeah, you know, I mean, like the Iron Man's. Right. I mean, it, it say without um, the actor playing Tony Stark, it, the movies probably would have never done as well. That dude right. is Tony Stark, but he also added his own flair to it a little bit, and they stayed very true to, to the character, comic character, Iron Man. Um, backtrack just a minute. I want to make clear what a Bible is. Oh yeah. A Bible is a property Bible. Where you have, there's one, there's a Bible, and many people can contribute it, or you can build it yourself, and it has all your characters in it, and all the information that is knowledgeable at this point in time on those characters. It's something that you will be adding to with every story, with every idea. It's a great place to add characters, even if they're not in the story yet, but you want to write it down, you come up with a cool idea for a character, get it in that Bible. Then you can use it wherever you want. Um, so that's what I Bible. A Bible is a place to put every all the information for your characters. I know John and I talked about them. DC, um, who's who back in the I guess, right. 90s, early 90s. Um, I still got my binders with them all in it. And the Marvel um, um, who's who comics that they put out. So um, yeah, yeah which that, are, uh-huh. you know, which are completely. Uh incorrect now <laughs> because a lot of oh, the yeah. stuff has changed but and that's why you, know, you constantly change it you right. have your own but at least you know for that time period this was a really good resource for people to look at the characters and go oh okay that's where they came from this is where they are now and this is potentially where they're going right well plus it's also a visual reference as well i mean you oh, definitely have turnarounds and you know, you can set things down not only in their character in the character um, backgrounds and story, but also the look. So you have it all there. Right. And if you hand it off to someone else and said, well, this is what it, what they look like, they're not going to draw something that's totally different. Right. They should, you know. Correct. So that's what a Bible is. Just didn't mean to cut you off there, John. Just let everyone. No, no, we got, not we got really on the conversation, and I'm thinking, okay, what if somebody don't, doesn't know? I mean, every time I see like a Top Cow Bible or something like that, I grab it. So I'm looking oh, yeah. at formats. I'm looking at ideas they're putting in their books, and uh, I, I probably don't buy the Marvel things because they seem really generic. You know, a couple paragraphs and then the character. I'm like, eh, that's not everything that I want. Um, my Bible has every appearance also included. Everything you can get, the information that you need. Almost an, a Bible slash index of, of your universe. So, uh, Yeah, the great thing about that Top Cow Bible was not only was it extremely informative, but it was a really nice looking book. Yes. You know, it, was, it was a very beautiful book to look at as well as learn about all the characters. Right. And if you're doing it for, you know, outside the company, that's definitely something you should think about. Now, if you're just doing it for yourself, you know, 
whatever. Yeah, however, <laughs> however you want to do it, it's fine. But if this is something that you want to put out for publication, mm-hmm. uh, you definitely want to make it as visually appealing as well as being very informative. I would think nowadays with PDFs and downloads and everything, you would want to put some version of this Bible online. You right. want people to know your characters and see they might stumble across another character and say, whoa, that's cool looking what this is about. There you go. You might have a new series being sold to a reader that may have come on for one and then stumble across another. Um, you may not want to release all the information. You might have notes and stuff for future storylines that you don't want on there, but you can definitely easily edit those out and release some type of version out there. So yeah, definitely make it creative and, and make it very visually um, as possible to work. So. Mm-hmm. And it could very well be the thing that brings you new readers. Mm-hmm. Like, I just love that type of book. I mean, I'll buy those things for books I've never read before. Yep. Just, just because I'm interested in that type of informational book. And um, I'm sure there are other people out there that are like that, that, you know, will go get this, go, oh, that sounds interesting. Maybe I'll pick up an issue. And, you know, that could springboard into being a long-term reader that you got just from this, you know, two or three paragraph outline on your character's history. And a really cool piece of art. And a really cool piece of art. So, yeah. Yeah, you never know how, you know, not only is it an informational tool, but it's also a selling tool for your studio, your book, and your character. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you need to take, you need to create your history. We sort of discussed history last podcast. Right. Get your Bible together. And then you can look, Bill was talking about novels. You know, I'm, I'm itching write a couple novels i've got a couple started um i come up with an idea for a pre a prequel for camelot forever um that fixes something about a character that i really didn't like in the, in the history of camelot um makes me like that character now but i don't want to fit it into the comic i don't want to give space for it so i want to write this prelude as a novel as a short novel and, and set up the situation so um that's going to open the doors up to some different readers um, biggest thing, and, and it might, the comic readers may never read it. Um, it's funny with like Star Wars, the movie people, a lot of the movie people, Star Wars is the movies. They don't read the novels. Right. They don't read the comics, which is, I think it's crazy. It's all part of that universe created. So, you know, you're going to get different readers, you're going to get different fans, you know, of your property and you need to reach out if if that's something you want to do if you just let's go back if you just want to make comics um with the digital age that's getting ready to hit us rock and roll make comics there's yeah. nothing wrong with that um we have properties that i see only being comics you know it's just it would take too much too much too much funding unless some big budget company wants to come in and you know get the rights for them i don't see us ever moving them outside of a comic. They're, I agree, they're great properties. As many things with Skystorm, a lot of them have time travel and stuff, so certain errors would be very hard to duplicate, especially, say, the prehistoric era and stuff like that. Um, so it would be hard hard to create anything that would be exciting for those properties. So, 
there's there's some that would be great and there's some that um that i think we will only do comics and that's it and, and that's the that's the cool thing about comics is that we get to we get to create an imagery of, of something we create and share it with other people and we don't have the big budgets of doing big movies or anything like that so uh comics are cool that way too so um i think we pretty well hammered this to the wall and smeared it all over the place what do you think guys yeah, I think so, but uh, probably the last thing we should do to cap this off is to just say keep an open mind about your stuff. Uh, you know, as you were saying, you may want to be a comic person, just a comic person, that's it. But if the if opportunities present themselves, don't let them pass you by. Oh no. You know, keep keep you know keep a weathered eye toward the horizon. I guess is the best way to put it because. Times change, things change, you know, and um, I'm sure way back in the day when, you know, Stanley was first hammering out Iron Man that it would have never occurred to him that there'd be a billion dollar movie franchise going on. Right. But uh, now there is. So yes. and keep... you never know who's looking. Right. Because many years ago when property on blood and roses was tied up in a contract i had somebody who recently did a movie called avatar his studio contacted us about the rights and unfortunately those rights were tied up and the person who tied them up instead of just sending them the blood and roses information sent them every property he had involved and it just totally turned them away so remember there's always somebody out there looking at your stuff, especially that was pre-internet. So with the internet and the ability to download your stuff for as cheaply as it is, or check out your website if it's really well designed and lots of graphics, you just never know who's out there looking for something that you might be producing. So keep your options open. Yep. Be smart. Yes. So John, what's been going on? Since so a short period of time since our last podcast over at uh, Sketch at uh, Online over at CR. Yes, indeed. Through the magic of podcasting, we don't have nearly as many days between this podcast and the <laughs> last, but a few things have been happening. Um, the first being a really good tutorial in drawing Spider-Man's face in profile. Um, it always seems weird to me, you, especially as an art teacher. But more artists have difficulty drawing in profile than they do with a straight-on face. Mm -hmm. More artists get that wrong, get the proportions wrong, get placement wrong, um, give people 18-foot chins or no neck or, you know, whatever it is. But um, this tutorial that I came across is, shows step-by-step -step a really good uh example of drawing a character in profile so check that out it also helps you know um people should know this by now but w with uh creating comics you want to vary your shots you know you don't always want straight on full face shots you want to play that up a little bit so keep that in mind uh the second one being a, a particular favorite of mine, Freddie Williams, the guy that did the DC Guide to Digitally Drawing Comics. Uh, he's very prolific 
or was very prolific in his tutorial uh, creating. Uh, he's been away for a while, but he is now back and uh, giving a brief uh, thing on what's been going on, some stuff that is coming down the pike from DC. And uh, he's also got the really cool, uh, actually two copies there of the really cool uh DC pop-up book that I did a review for a while back. So check that out. That's on his bookshelf back there. You can see uh, Dark Side kind of popping out off the bookshelf. So check that out. If you haven't seen that uh, DC pop-up book, um, I posted several videos at one time, and it was really cool. So that one was just for me. <laughs> um, and this one came from Mr. Bill Nichols. It's a primarily text, but there's a lot of good pictures. Uh, inking tutorial on using India ink and a brush. And I'm sure Bill could talk a lot more on this than I can, but it uh, seems to me that brush inking may be becoming a lost art with the advent of digital inking and um, the wide variety of tech pins out there right now uh, that plain you know plain old ink on your knuckles uh <laughs> brush inking is kind of uh falling by the wayside and it shouldn't because it's a really specific talent and if you're good at it you can uh you can almost write your own ticket these days in in a lot of ways uh you know there's a lot of people looking for that style it's a very distinctive look that you can't get with anything else well, it's, it's a important it's important to know your fundamentals, really, is what it is. Right. That goes for everything, writing, drawing, everything. Well, Maybe that... The inking is it's knowing your um, light sources and shadows. Right. That, that's and where it, the thin thicks come in with a brush so much. That sounds like the basis for a future podcast. I think it's it is. Knowing your fundamentals, that's that's very important. All right, back to the list here. Um, um, this is this one's a little bit for me too, but um, as I said in the text part of it, as I get older, uh, there are many people in comics that I can like and appreciate, but there's not as many people that I admire or are in awe of. I guess it's I guess it's just natural when you're part of any medium for a certain amount of time and that you can sort of see behind the curtain and see what the wizard's actually up to <laughs> yeah that yeah that you don't get as enamored with the work of people uh as much as you used to when you didn't know as much so there aren't as many people that still put me in awe but alex ross is one of them <laughs> uh now i know he has his detractors there are people who don't necessarily like his work um, but I do, and um, we are about to profile Mr. Bro Mr. Ross in the next Sketch Magazine. So um, I thought it was important, again, to throw up a few videos I've shown before, a few that I haven't, of just uh, a variety of Alex Ross stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, check those out. One of them... Um, one, I believe, is off of the Cartoon Network. A couple others are just uh, straight interviews. And and the last, I believe, is just mostly taking a really good look at his work. But there's a lot of interesting text information in that particular video. So uh, 
So go check those three out. And I think that actually brings me up to where I started last time. As I said, not as many this time out. Just because of the realities of time. Okay. Bill, are you still here? Yep. He's here. All right. Well, for some reason, my Skype looks funky, so sorry about that. <laughs> uh, so, Bill, what's going on over at Comic Mentor? Uh, Comics Mentor still encouraging everyone, still dealing with stuff and helping that I help people by doing so. Um, but mostly it's just posts of encouragement, uh, getting your um, getting your ducks in a row again. I mean that's a it's it sort of harkens to some of the things that we talk about and have talked about tonight. Is you know you have to have things in order, not just in your comics projects, but you know, in your personal life and your, your work life and your financial picture, all those things, you know, play on each other. Because if you're, if you feel like you're going up against the wall, you know, it's going to, you know, stop you in, in some ways. So um, hopefully helps deal with some of that stuff. But uh, over on the comic related board this week, um, people talk, you know, talking, I set up every time I've said this before, I set up a, a a topic thread on the comic related board under the sketch magazine podcast where you can go and you could comment or discuss every subject that we do. Every podcast has its own. And, uh, you know, a couple of people have talked about our, the one that we just did. They liked that we were all in the same room. Mm -hmm. uh, they thought it was, uh, they're looking for the, I guess to forward to the next one. You know, uh, it, it, I guess it may be a float just because we were there. We had visual cues from each other. We knew when, when you know, we were going to overlap so much or right. be afraid to overlap. Um, but uh, one of the threads I've been following today is there's a, an artist, and I may have mentioned before, Fred Lang, who's adapting one of the, the sample scripts that I did that I have on Comics Mentor called Bounty Hunter. It shows him... Uh, taking that script and he did thumbnails, did roughs. He drew it once, got some comments from me and Ron Fortier and other people on DeviantArt and has reworked that. And now he's working on page two. So that's really fascinating for me to watch. And uh, it, it's just really cool. And he's a really good artist. Um, and there, there are all kinds of cool artists and things going on there and other, you know, uh, message boards and stuff. But, Again, comic related is where you can find me. All so, right. you know, so come hang out. Very cool. Um, I've been playing catch up, and um, I've been gone three weekends in a row. Uh, two on the road, one with you guys last weekend. Um, so I sort of ran late on deadlines, and even though we've had podcasts on organization and getting yourself together. Um, sounds sort of like I need to listen to our own podcast because I get behind on Clay'sway. You know, the last one I posted at I think it was 10 o'clock, wasn't it, Bill? Well, yeah. I finally got it done. Um, so um, as of today, I have Fridays colored. I will letter tomorrow, get it off to edits, and it will be posted tomorrow night before Friday. And I have enough penciled to do the rest of the month. So I am taking a day, and I'm going to ink two weeks' worth, prep, letter. That way all i got to do is color them and wrap them up. 
I'm going to work very hard to get ahead on this project, especially with the holidays coming up. I don't want to fall behind on it. Um, had a very cool creative meeting with Jackie with Claysway. We did a uh, Thanksgiving, special Thanksgiving strip that we're probably going to post on Thursday next week for Thanksgiving instead of Friday. And uh, we've there's a character we want to introduce. We figured out how to introduce her. And it's going to be fun. It's really starting to grow. Um, actually, we got contacted from a site called Totally ADD. I went to tell you guys this stuff earlier. And they want to host, they want to run the site, the strip, on their community. And a future podcast, we need to discuss that because it sounds cool as heck. But does it defeat the purpose of us busting our tail and trying to build our own site and our own merchandise if they don't even have to come to our site to read it? If they can go read it in somebody else's community. So um, even though it sounds cool, it, it, it's something that we can really talk about, and I'll write it down, um, you know, what, what you're expecting to do with your strip. So that's happened this week. Um, so... I've been doing that. There's a new Blue Line newsletter out. I hope everybody likes the new format. It seems to be getting a great response. And uh, we've been in conversation and what we're going to do with the sketchmagazine.net site. We're talking about adding how-to videos. We're talking about adding a strip. Uh, we'll update people as we get moving on those things after the holidays. So, And Skystorm. We had a big meeting about Skystorm. we got some news coming out. Uh, Mr. Chuck Moore from Comic Related was involved, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, guys. A lot of fun. So, John, how can they find you? They can always find me at john at sketchmagazine.net or john at comicrelated.com. Bill? They can go to, to Comics Mentor. Um, yeah. Go there, read every single post, every post, <laughs> and then Comment. email me at. Yeah. You can comment on them all too, and email me at uh, comicsmentor at gmail dot com. I can be reached at bobh at bluelinepro dot com, or all three of us can be reached at podcast at sketchmagazine dot net. Please send us some emails, ask us some questions, give us ideas what to talk about, what to preach about. You know, what do you want to hear? What can we add? If you want us to go back and talk about something else, drop us a note what we forgot. We'd be happy to, to uh, pick up on it. So, so uh, appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Have a good Thank night. Thank you. Take See care. You.